This podcast is brought to you by Toasted Marshmallow Adventures Studio. Contact them at gettoasted at toastedmarshmallowadventures.com for all of your podcast production needs. Good morning and welcome to Not Everyone Gets a Trophy with Amy and Mo. Good morning and welcome to our show. Not everyone gets a trophy with hashtag Princess Amy and Mo. Um, it's been quite an interesting morning and uh, we're just going to kind of run with what our topic is today, which is kind of me. I I think I've said it before. I like to talk about me. Way too much. Way too much. But we're going to go with it. <laughs> we are going to go with it. Um, I, I don't think we had planned... A million things. I think we had a lot of ideas, and we are so overwhelmed and excited with the last four episodes with the guests that we have had, and how much ideas that we've been conjuring up between us that we just really couldn't. And the crazy feedback that we've getting, right? I, I don't like to focus on the numbers, but I look at the numbers every day. I, I don't want to, but I do. And good stuff. I think. It's almost, I don't want to look at it at likes, you know, when in Instagram you post a picture and you get the likes, it's good, but this is a different kind of like, because it, it almost like it doesn't, it almost like you see a hundred, you see one, two, three, the next day you see 50 and it's like a roller coaster, mm-hmm. a roller coaster, but we're not focusing on that at all. I think we just want to get better as we go, learn and show up. Right, we're showing up. Yes, we keep showing up. <laughs> I I really have enjoyed the part about people direct messaging me, saying that they they don't do that to me. Oh, <laughs> bummer. Maybe I should maybe I should start <laughs> maybe, posting. Maybe you need more friends. Maybe I should start posting my pictures. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well that might help. Um, which we should do is post more pictures of us like live in the studio. This is a great place. Our Producer Chris, he is such an amazing person and has been able to bring this all together for us still. We so appreciate that. Um, Yeah, we're still learning and some of our uh, stuff that we do is off some of our points, but we always like come back and feel good about it. Yeah. And our topic today is do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. That's right. It's do it for yourself. And like I said, we're going to kind of, I was going to share my story a little bit. I have been having a couple of emotional, couple emotional days. And so um, I like to introduce myself sometimes. I work in a mental health facility and sharing my story sometimes uh, builds a rapport with, with the people that I work with. And um, it, it creates a little bit of trust and that's part of what we want to do here as well. So here I go. Um, hi, my name is Amy and I am highly affected by suicide and I choose to work in mental health, not because I have to, I really love it. And it really wasn't my first, um, idea for going into nursing. I have a background of labor and delivery and I thought that I would do that for the rest of my life. That's all I wanted to do. Even after I went through nursing school. And what are you doing now? Aren't you going to school? I am. I am in we, Sometimes school. we don't like to highlight the things that are actually really good in our lives. That's why I'm bringing it up. 
No, good. No, because... I want you to interject because I want to get the good stuff out. Yeah. So currently I am in school for mental health nurse practitioner, so I should graduate in 2023. I'm really excited about that. Um, and She's already taking clients, right? <laughs> Waiting list. <laughs> I am the client. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's challenging and I love challenges. And this is part of me being a learner as I love to learn. I love to share my story. I love to talk to people about real life stuff. And that's kind of how I practice in nursing and mental health. So, um, yeah, I am passionate about mental health. And it took a while for me to decide that because I didn't have a lot of life experience with death. Um, suicide, depression, anxiety. I think I may have had a lot of these symptoms throughout my life, but I've been such a busy person. It's hard for me to sit still that I don't really sit down and really feel the things I'm feeling. Yeah. Nobody likes to feel. I do now. Um, and, and I don't now sometimes. I don't think you do. I don't think most people do. Most people don't want to feel. They want to feel the good feelings. And if, if they can't, they want to self-induce those good feelings, which leads to unhealthy behaviors. I'm not even going to say substance abuse because that is an unhealthy behavior. But why do we always go to substance abuse? It's not always that. It's not. But society has placed so much on, so much shame, guilt on, oh, yeah, you use drugs. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, today is just that we abuse the abusers. And when I bring this up to people who, who aren't in the business, they look at, they look at me like I'm crazy. When I tell them the science behind the disease model, the science, the research from the people who create the disease model and the disease model is the model that today i don't know if the government or whatever you want to call it medicaid pays out so if you are struggling with substance abuse you go to an inpatient facility outpatient iop whatever and they expect the facility to use the disease model meaning that they believe that everything about your substance abuse comes it's inherited from a gene do you believe that? And this is where I get in trouble. Before I say what you I believe. You are in trouble. That's why we call you Mo Problems. <laughs> and it's not that I believe. I, I see the research. I follow. I study it. I educate myself. And then I make a decision. But the problem with society today is that they don't want to do that. They no, don't. People don't want to put in the work. They don't. Right? And if you don't, if you're not educated on what your diagnosis is, what your problem is. If you don't accept responsibility for mm-hmm. what you're struggling, mm-hmm. you, you become part of the issue. Like You have to almost accept that responsibility, understand that, to move forward. Right. But sometimes, like I was saying earlier, that I've probably had a lot of different like symptoms of mental health issues that I didn't pay attention to because I wasn't aware. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if people are even aware. Absolutely. You don't know what you don't know. Correct. I don't know how many people ask or, or tell me, hey, I'm bipolar. Really? Bipolar one or two? Oh, 
there's two yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like yeah there there's two and 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 bipolar two is bipolar two uh with the mood disorder and, and that that opens to many floodgates yeah so not all bipolar twos are the same but yet we choose to medicate because we use the model the model whatever it is um or medicate for the same thing like we use a cookie mo- a cookie cutter approach to to our problems and what i tell people is if it, if it is not working do something different so that's what the topic we chose do it for yourself do it for yourself at some point you have to do it for yourself you, you're gonna have to want it and what i know about people that i've learned is if you want something bad enough you're gonna do whatever it takes so if you want to be successful you do what it takes to be successful and if you want to do other things yeah the risky behavior stuff like that you do what it takes like if we're talking about substance abuse like people want to get high at the end of the day they're pretty messed up yeah so if you want something different you have to make the change yeah and you have to do it for yourself no one can do it for you absolutely no not no not at all but then again you have to also look at it from from their perspective because everything that we do whether it's good or bad fulfills a need right if i want to go out and get high it's because there is some sort of need being met right it's accomplished something it's doing something good subjectively Mm-hmm. If you don't understand what the need is, then you can't really eliminate the issue. And therefore, this rep- repetitive behavior starts occurring. And, and that's what we call, you know, you're a, you know, a drug user, you're an alcoholic because of your behavior pattern. I like to call it behavior pattern. Mm-hmm. That's what I like to call it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very aware of patterns of behavior are you of other people well of myself like i was telling you earlier like i wanted to reflect on the last couple of days on a significant change that i was having a lot of fear to committing to but one of the things i have been doing as a learner is committing to making change right so changing the perspective to being a learner right and committing to that yeah and when it comes to learner, it's like you're a sponge. You're you're open to different things. Right. So where I was was in labor and delivery, and I thought I was going to do that for the rest of my life. And what I wasn't recognizing is that there was so much chaos, chaos and dysfunction. Whoa. <laughs> well, back that up. Dysfunction <laughs> in my life that I I I was surrounded by not being aware. Of what I where my path actually needed to be going, mm-hmm. and where I'm at now, I reflect back on it, and I feel great. I feel confident that working where I'm at and doing what we're doing is serving a purpose, and we're getting feedback about that. And I feel I feel like this is this is the path. Yeah, and it doesn't feel good, right? Sometimes I'm going through the week. You and I have multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. We have kids. Mm-hmm. We have family. We have drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have unhealthy behaviors ourselves. Mm-hmm. And yet we are consciously choosing to show up. 
and learn about people and make them aware yes. and yeah and we're like we're aware of our 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 own weaknesses and we're working through that but we are showing up we're showing we're up taking responsibility mm-hmm. like in our last show we had jeremy miller here and he specifically said i remember him saying i had to create my own happiness he took responsibility yeah i respect that mm-hmm. i was really excited like i can't actually like let that go yeah and he had come from a very difficult place and we're talking about patterns um he was repeating patterns in his life kind of i brought him up until he made a huge change and decided to do something majorly different and commit to it yeah and we talked about fear being a good thing every feeling is good it might not almost like the symptoms of that feeling might not be always good meaning that sadness perhaps is expressed through tears. If my father hypothetically said, well, men, men don't cry. What he taught me is, well, then you can't fulfill sadness. So then that becomes a bad feeling for me because every time I'm about to cry, I remember my dad saying, well, men don't cry. And if men cry, then that means I'm weak or et cetera. Or you're not a man. Or I'm weak. So let's tie this back into what we were talking about, which was me. And the changes, because I'm doing something for me and how that's affected me emotionally. And uh, I wanted to tie that with the purpose of our show and why we keep showing up and how I like you being here yeah. as a co. So I work in mental health. I'm affected by depression, anxiety, suicide. My daughter at 13 years old was sexually assaulted and she became like a poster board child for what happens when someone gets sexually victimized. It went through a long time of self-harm behavior, depression, anxiety, risky behavior to attempting to complete a suicide on more than one occasion. It is such a weird, awful feeling working in the field and being a mom to, to a child that is struggling that you just really had no idea how how I I feel like I should have known better. Yeah. Moving forward with that, I also am a mother to a son who uh, every year mourns the death of his brother. On April 20th, 2019, his brother completed suicide. It is also very painful to be the mom of a kid that is affected by suicide and sometimes I don't really know how to handle that. Right. And and it's the emotional response that creates this inability, this freeze, right? Because there is a feeling in there that's stuck, which is either denial, sadness, whatever you want to call it. But I think we all know somebody have experienced a loved one who has completed suicide. I hate that you say that. It breaks my heart. Um, and it makes me super emotional. And the purpose for me to keep showing up to this is that I don't 
want people to think that suicide is a solution to problems. I want people to be aware and I want to be there to show them and give them some motivation to get through another day, another hour, a minute. And I feel like it is my path and I've accepted that and I'm aware of it. And I look for opportunities that I can help all the time because I've been just affected by it so close to home. And it also helps me reflect back on my changes of how I got here and my own mental health and how I continue to have, well, I don't know, what is it? Weaknesses or moments of weakness where I can continue patterns of change, of thinking I'm doing something for myself that is great. But in fact, it's like I'm running, I'm like a hamster on a hamster wheel. Yeah. And it, it does feel that way in, in our in our profession. If you live in Idaho you, and you're in the business, you understand that we are doing that. Something's got to change. Something's got to give in. Like there's something that we can be doing better. I, if, if, if somebody, a senator, I don't know, some politician hears this. There, there needs to be some sort of change as to how we are going about depression, mental health. Because what we're doing is not working. For some it is. But when I see the returning patients over and over and over and over and the suicide rate going up, I didn't know this and I don't even know this is true, but somebody told me about a year ago that Caldwell High School uh, District is one of the highest in the nation for, for suicide. Is that? Yeah. That really? <gasps> and that's the part where as a parent, we have to be educated to understand that because if if my kid if I have the if my kid has two choices of going to different high schools, that'd be nice to know that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because it's a time it's a time in our lives in high school where you don't know you're trying to kind of create this identity for yourself. Right, and we had well that's a show that you missed, but. I brought my son mm-hmm. and we talked about going back to school during a pandemic after being online and kids losing focus, losing routine and what that meant for them and and how hard that was going to be the the identity that they create online how their their social media displays a different form of self. Yeah. And then going back into school and what the transition was going to be like and my son Noah at first was very hesitant and he kind of got moody about even the necessity of school. Like there's really no point. And after educating him and talking to him, he kind of changed his point of view. Yeah. And as parents, it would be nice to know what the statistics are about what our kids are actually feeling and what's actually happening in the school. Yeah. And, and, it, and it brings a different side of things, right? Oh, well, there's public schools, yada, yada. But you can find out so much about a school, understand the environment that your kids are about to go in. 
um, teaching the values. Identity plus values equals behavior. It drives the behavior. That's correct. Yes. And if if we don't help shape mold our kids, right? And it's like we are going to create it. It's just kind of guiding, you know, boundaries. They're going to create their own identity. We pluck the values. And then that equals how they're going to behave in an environment. But that's what we're supposed to do as parents. Right. We're supposed to teach our kids to be kind and to learn how to survive in this world and guide them safely. Mm-hmm. But you know what I see lately? I see, here's a tablet. I see, oh, go play a game, video game. They're self-soothing with an electronic. Then they go to school and they give more electronic. And then they give homework in an, in an electronic version. Right. There are some schools, I read an article about going back completely away from electronics. No more. And they're struggling in the same ways that people were struggling initially with electronics. Because it was expensive. Because we couldn't give it to everybody. But now we're having that same shift going backwards. We can't. Someone's like, we opened the door and, and now we got to keep pushing and finding different ways mm-hmm. of doing it. Yeah. And so this topic of discussion of like doing things for ourselves, I think that we have to become leaders and make the changes mm-hmm. with the control that we have. Right. So I tried. So this is actually what I do. I don't try. I will do what I say I'm going to do. I will like I try to lead my kids by my commitments. And sometimes they don't see the behind the scenes, like the fear and the anxiety and stuff that I still kind of struggle with. Mm-hmm. But I move forward. I complete um, assignments. I go to work. I I have a routine. And I feel like that leadership and that um, constant environment is kind of what we need to be doing to have our kids move in the same direction. Mm-hmm. I am very diligent about not spending a lot of time on social media. I used to be really bad at it when it first came out. I was like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. I was like, I want it all. I want to try it all. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that it was it. My kids were doing the same things. Oh, yeah. We stopped eating dinner at a dinner table. In fact, I can't even remember the last time we've done that, but my kids are older now. But what I'm saying is we we have to be aware of things that are with our, within our control. Yeah. We have to do things for ourselves that and show our kids discipline and structure so that they will do things for themselves. Yeah. And what I see is we have been so overwhelmed with change that we're not very well versed in. Like we, we're, we're so overwhelmed with social medias, phones, the changes that happen so fast with technology mm-hmm. and how it was Im- implemented into schools, the way that teachers teach, that I, I felt as a parent so overwhelmed that I just kind of gave up. And it almost is like the kids started overpowering the adults and then they started running us around like little servants and we 
And because of yeah. our background, we just wanted to get them whatever they wanted. So yeah. they didn't Well, they're conditioned. Feel. They're conditioned to. The problem with that is that if we're going to take those electronics from, from our kids, we have to be able to replace them with something that produces as much as dopamine, the good feelings that go with that. If you don't, well, when can, can you look back and say, I, I, I taught him how to self-soothe? Never. School has actually made that worse. Electronics, TV, video games, and, and so on. So we're putting our kids in, in a position to where we take their coping skill away without realizing it. And if you don't know, you don't know, like we said earlier. Right. But once you understand this, maybe think about twice about taking that phone away and saying, well, oh, maybe as a parent, I need to take accountability and say, before I do that, I'm going to talk to them about that and take accountability and be disappointed in the fact that I didn't realize this earlier. Mm-hmm. And have those conversations with your kids, with these little tiny humans, right? The value, the value that it creates. The identity. That's my biggest thing right now. How do I change my identity to match my values to improve the behavior that I want? So that we can be successful. Be successful. Meet goals. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't change our identity of who we are and in showing up and, and changing our values We're from... We're going to be the hamsters. We're we going to be on those hamster wheels. Right. And those get exhausting. And that's, and, and that's part of why working in this field keeps me aware. And, and it, it does drive my passion. And I want to share that more with people. Because there are some times that I know the patterns that I've had, this, the hamster wheel that I was going on and on and on. It, it kept me there for a long time until I committed to change. It was like I, I had to have faith over fear yeah. that regardless of the outcome, even though I wanted it so bad, I could like see it. If it didn't happen, I was still going to be okay. Yeah. And I had to do it for myself and no one could do that for me. So people need to do that. Yeah. They need to make, they need to be able to commit to changes. But they and have to have those bones, that structure, right? Because it's easy to say, well, I want to, I want to transform this about me. I want to change this about me. But if you don't understand that it's your identity that first needs to be transformed and you want the outcome before the identity, it's not going to happen. It's not going to last. So if you're listening right now, one of the things you can do is identify your f- your, your values, two values in life, your core values. Oh gosh, this is this is the hard part, Mo. Right? It's, Mo, <laughs> this is identify. The, this is... And what that means is, who do you want to be seen as? Who do you want to be? If I saw you down the street without knowing you, what can I assume about who you are as a person? Well, those are so hard. They are hard, but you have to identify. Most people walk around without values. And if you do that, you allow the environment to determine those values. I, I, I understand this. And I've had many uh, talks with you. And the thing that always ring like over and over in my head is, well, if you do that, what does that say about you? Yeah. What does that say about you? I'm like, I don't want to tell you. Yeah. I don't want to tell anyone. So there's two questions I ask. And it's, what does that say about you? Right. If you were to do that, what does that say about you? If he did that to you, what does that say about you? If you were to do that, 
What does that say about you? And the other one is, is that something Amy would do? The old Amy would do? And if the answer is yes, don't do it. But you give me five seconds to make that decision. <laughs> you have five seconds to make that decision. You're right. And why is that? <laughs> because after five seconds. Then your brain. My brain wants to go back to the hamster wheel. Well, it sees, it sees whatever you don't want to do right. as it's, a threat. It, right. So then what the brain does, it starts <laughs> plugging all these thoughts in your mind about why you shouldn't. AKA, well, that's why I don't go to the gym. Because I have this motivation all day to go to the gym after a 10 hour shift <laughs> i don't work that much but, <laughs> but this is where this is where we find differences yeah. because i will work i will work i will outwork anybody <laughs> on a 12 hour shift and i will still show up to the gym yeah but, but these are the goals and this is these are the things yeah. i do for myself yeah but to me it's different is I, I get out and i'm like i don't want to go to the gym if i allow that thought to remain for more than five seconds then my, my, my brain, my mind sees that as a threat. So then from that moment on, I'm doomed. Hey, Mo, you know what? You've worked seven. You've worked for 14 days straight. <laughs> Why don't you go home and just watch some Netflix? Oh, the football game's on. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a good idea. And guess what? Screw the gym. <laughs> Everything sounds better but the gym. And, and that's what happens in life. We, we allow those five seconds to, to just slip by. And, and we don't create the behavior. Because in order for me to change that, I have to be a different person. I have to be able to walk into work and people are like, huh, something's different about you. Mm -hmm. People will notice it. Absolutely. And then people want it from you. And, and if you give them that, then you revert back to it. The idea is not to, well, this is what I did. People don't want to know what you did. People want what you have. Yes. Without putting in the work. Right. right. And that's why we're here, right, Mo? <laughs> yeah. That's why we're showing up. Because we talk about it. We talk about this not being easy. Yeah. But we're showing up because we have a passion. We are driven. Yeah. We we want to make our own changes. Um, These yeah. are the conversations that we have had for the last three years by high in the desk. Yes. And people are, are probably like... They would, they would get mad at us for just having oh. these deep conversations about, you know, Amy reverting back to her old ways, about Mo pretending he has a perfect life and being the perfect therapist, right? Like, Well, I mean, there's a little bit of that, but there's also that when we do have these real conversations with patients or people that we work with, they, they also get irritable because we challenge them. And I just love you being my co-host because for three years this has been developing where we can actually like put it out into the universe mm -hmm. and touch people's lives because I am directly affected by what we have done behind yeah. the nurse's station. So. And, and when, poor core work, like not our coworkers are tired of listening to <laughs> us ramble and ramble about the things that could be different. But this is why we want to talk to people. And this is what we can tell people is that in your work as a therapist it has helped me transform to my own identity and what my values are and it ha was it's very hard to commit to that and it's very hard to say it or write it down of my core values yeah and here's the thing if you're listening you have to write it down once you write it down 
it creates a thought. And then the thought creates an image. Without writing it, it creates a thought. And our thoughts are generally negatives. So rather than being something positive, then it becomes something negative, And then the image becomes something so, so far away, unachievable, then we give up. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But write it down. This is what I want to be seen as. Right. And stop, well, attempt to not tell your story, like the victimization part, yeah. over and over because subconsciously that just eats you up. Yeah. You become what you think. Absolutely. And I do share my story, but my my story ends in success. And so I feel like sharing my story with how amazing my life is. And I love to tell people how, people how amazing my life is all the time. I say it all the time. How are you doing? I'm so good. You ask, hey, Amy, how you doing? I'm so good. And I, and I say it all the time. But by the end of the day, even when I come to work with Challenger, I've had a bad day. It's not that bad. And I have a really good life. If, if you can say it every day for a year, you start believing it. I agree. I totally agree. And, and Amy might be one of the few that can say, oh, it's great. It's <laughs> no, it's great. not great. It is so it's, good. But most people, okay, and we'll end up with this. Next time you go to the grocery store and you ask somebody or somebody asks you, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> I, I challenge you to say, today sucked. Or actually say how today actually really was. Exactly. Oh, it was it's amazing. Do you want do you want to hear about it? Believe me, the next time that person sees you, they will not ask you that. They will say, "Hello." So don't order your groceries online and pick them up, okay? <laughs> and if you do do that, Absolutely. When the person brings you your groceries to your car and they <laughs> ask you how you're doing, be honest. Yeah. Okay. Don't ask me how you're doing or I will give you an answer. A true answer. Right? I think I think that we should start challenging people to do something Absolutely. for themselves. It's fun. Once you understand the I brain. I want people oh. to start doing stuff for themselves. I want people to keep hearing other stories that we bring in as guest speakers. Yeah. But I want people, I want us to give direction. Like, what are you going to do for yourself yeah. this week? All right. So here's the challenge. Write your two core values. Write them down so it creates a thought and then creates a vision. And you can start transforming a new identity and we'll leave you with that join us next week we're gonna have an amazing speaker you won't want to miss it yeah yeah he's gonna he's gonna be great he's got a great story he's uh, very successful in the countdown i don't want to give too much information <laughs> yeah no so join us next week thank you for listening thank you for support and uh we're very happy for all the support you've given us check us out on our twitter you can find us at Oh man, Twitter. Just just check our page, and then it has a Twitter. Yeah, not there. everyone gets a trophy. Do it for yourself. Do it for yourself this week. Write it down. Commit. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you next week.